Hello everyone, welcome to the Little Girl Pod. It's your host Casey and I'm so happy to be here with you guys for the very first episode of our show. It's a very special episode because I will be talking about how I was able to get a full tuition scholarship and importantly how you guys can get it too. And I thought it would be important to start off this show with this topic because this is something that I get asked about really often. And honestly, guys, when I talk about this with people, I still can't believe it that I was able to be blessed with something like this. I would have never expected to get a full tuition scholarship in a million years. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm always going to keep it real with you. It was a blessing, but there were a lot of mental breakdowns. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of sacrifice. It was really, really hard work. And if you know anything about the LSAT, the LSAT is a beast. And the LSAT is only one part of the equation, you know, and your personal statement matters so much and your grades and your work experience and all these things combined, I really, really made it a focal point in my life to make sure that I was on track to become the best applicant for law schools that I could possibly become. So with saying that, I want to take the opportunity to tell you guys a little bit about me and my background because I feel like this is so important to include when I'm talking about how I was able to get this kind of scholarship and how it was so otherworldly even for me to get something like this. And I tell you my background also to convince you guys that even if you don't think that you're worthy of full tuition scholarship or, you know, even going to law school. There was a point in my life where I was like, how am I going to get into law school and become a lawyer? I mean, me? Like, are you joking? And we should not feel that way, regardless of how we're raised or what kind of home we come from or how much our household income is. Like, these things should not matter because we're all capable of whatever we put our mind to, whatever we dream of. We can do it. You just have to want it bad enough. So I'm a first-generation college student. Um, My mom had me really young, and while my parents are super, super loving, and I can't thank them enough for everything they have done for me in my life, we didn't always have a super financially comfortable household. I mean, that just wasn't our reality, and it's reality for so many people. And unfortunately, the more that I've kind of been on my legal journey, I've realized that Law is a field where it's pretty gatekept to the people that can afford the overpriced LSAT materials to study with and all the application fees. Yeah, they're expensive. And, you know, wait until you get into law school and you realize how much a textbook is. I mean, it's just outrageous. And I make these points because as someone that kind of came from that upbringing, I was like me a lawyer yeah right I mean law school is like a billion dollars you know and I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be okay and along with that along with my home background you know in high school honestly guys I did terribly I was I just didn't care I was a bad student I got really bad grades I found it hard to show up to class my attendance was terrible if I told people now who know me what my high school GPA was They wouldn't believe me because I'm just such a different person now, but that's what I came from. That's what I started with for applying to colleges and, you know, eventually getting into law school. But, you know, your high school GPA is the foundation. And let me tell you, my foundation was cracked. It was not stable. It was bad. And so after high school, I started going to a community college and again, didn't do well there. I think I failed 
a couple classes my first semester and I said, this is not for me. I don't want to go to college. I don't know what I want to do, but it's not this. And I took a year off and I just worked and I really didn't know where my life was going. I didn't have a direction. I knew what I wanted. I always wanted to be an attorney. I always wanted to be a lawyer and be an advocate for people and make a difference. But me, Casey, yeah, right. I couldn't do it. And I convinced myself of that. I convinced myself there's no way. And that was reflected in my grades and in my self-worth and what I allowed myself to even attempt to do and achieve. But when I tell you guys during my year off, I remember I had the biggest revelation of, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? And if you're listening to this right now and this is resonating with you and you were like, yeah, Casey, I was here too. Or yeah, I am here right now. You know, law school is my dream, but me, how can I get there? Or yeah, I mean, I, I can get into law school, I bet but I need that full tuition scholarship or I need a really, really big scholarship that is going to make it financially easier for me to be able to do this. I'm here to tell you, you can do it. You can change. If I can do this, you can do this. Anyone can do this. You just have to believe in yourself. And that's exactly what I started doing. I started believing in myself. I enrolled back into the community college. I worked my butt off. had to work full time in order to pay my tuition because they wouldn't let me take out loans. Um, so I was working full time. I was doing well at community college and I got into a good state school and there I really understood the assignment guys. I was on the dean's list for all semesters but one I think and towards the end of it I started self-studying for the LSAT. So with that let's get into the specifics of how I got a full tuition scholarship to law school. So I'm going to break these up into little sections for you guys when I'm discussing them. So the first one is kind of what I was just talking about. It's making sure you're focusing in undergrad. These grades are so important. They say that the most important things are your LSAT score and your GPA. You know, a lot of schools, this is probably true for them. So it's really important that you're trying as hard as you can. You're getting the best GPA that you can graduate with to show to these schools. And I want to make a side note too with undergrad. I went into undergrad at the state college I was talking about as an econ major Um, and I did so thinking that it would look really impressive to my prospective schools but the truth is I wasn't really good at econ and I only did it because I thought it would be impressive and this is why I didn't make dean's list that semester and I quickly realized that I should have started with something that I was good at and I was interested in because that's what you're gonna do well in. Don't pick something that you think will just look good on paper if you think your grades are going to suffer because of it. Yeah, there might be some plus side to it, but I'm telling you, if your GPA isn't where you want it to be, it won't be worth it. So I switched my undergrad major to writing and I did astronomically better. And I walked out of undergrad with a really high GPA. The next thing I wanted to touch on is the LSAT, studying for the LSAT, taking the LSAT. And I want to make a whole separate episode on the LSAT itself because it's so important to really talk about the LSAT in extreme detail because it's just it's such an important part of your law school application process but what I'll say now is that you want to invest in quality LSAT materials and you want to start studying early on I mean you don't want to study a month before the LSAT guys that is you know that's just not enough time 
I think I studied for a little over five months and that was adequate time to give me the score that I wanted to get. And actually I performed three points higher than my goal score. So you want to give yourself that extra time, that extra cushion, because you don't know how it's going to go on test day. And the LSAT, like I said before, is an absolute beast. So like I said, I'll make a separate podcast episode just about the LSAT because it's so important to spend time on that. But I'll tell you now, the main things that I used for studying, the LSAT trainer by Mike Kim loved that. I think my favorite thing to use was Seven Sage, and it was a little expensive, but I think it was so worth it. Another thing I used is Khan Academy. I used that um, in the very beginning of my studying. However, I'm not sure if they still have that. It's really sad if they don't because it was free and it was a good place to start. Um, like I said, I don't know if they still have it. But if they do, or you can find something similar, I highly recommend starting out with something like this. All right, the third thing I want to talk about is building up your resume before you apply. Law schools want to see that you are a well-rounded applicant to become part of their class. Having great grades and having a good LSAT, yeah, that's awesome, right? But you want to show them who you are what you've experienced, what you have done. So for me, this looked like, I think when I applied, I had two to three different legal internships slash jobs at that point um, the, where I would work for one, for one semester, so on. And I had a little bit of volunteer experience. I also was a bit non-traditional in that I worked full-time during community college and I actually got my insurance license because I worked in a state farm office. So I had that at the time of my law school application as well. Really, whatever can make you stand out from another applicant that has the same GPA and the same LSAT score as you, that's what you want. And of course, make sure that someone proofreads your resume. I remember I thought I had such an amazing, beautiful resume and I sent it over and she was like, no, 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 change this, change this. And I'm so happy I did because who knows what could have happened if I just used the one that I thought looked good. So important for someone else to review it. So next up, we have recommendation letters. So we all know about the hassle that getting these can sometimes be, especially if you went to school during COVID era and you didn't really get a chance to build genuine connections and relationships with your professors. So that definitely makes it a little bit more tricky. Um, but I would just say, look around in your life, see who would say the most sparkly things about you. And don't be afraid to ask them. People want to help you. People want to see you succeed. Even if you kind of have to bug them a little bit once they agree to it, if they're kind of dragging their feet, don't feel bad, okay? Keep reaching out because this is your life and they agreed to help you. Don't feel bad and be an advocate for yourself. But the last thing I wanted to talk about is the personal statement. And I saved this for last because I truly believe that my personal statement is one of the main reasons why I got the scholarship that I did. Because here's the thing, I think my whole application painted me as a compelling potential law student. I think my grades, LSAT, yeah, they were all right, but my personal statement is what stood out most and maybe resonated with the people in the admissions office reading it. So when I first started writing this, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't write about that. And it was a really, really personal thing in my life. And 
I kind of discussed what I told you guys in the beginning of this podcast, meaning, you know, I talked about how I don't come from a family of lawyers. In fact, I'm the first in my family to go to college. And, you know, this is just my dream. And I want to make this happen for myself. And I talked about something that really shifted things in my life. I became vulnerable and raw and honest in this personal statement. And as hard as that was to share with complete strangers, I'm so happy that I did it because, like I said before, I really believe that this was what sold me to the admissions office and this is what ultimately made them decide to give me one of their full tuition scholarships. Your personal statement along with recommendation letters and your resume, work experience, all of that, that's what is going to make you stand out and distinguish you from someone that has the same LSAT, same GPA as you. Yeah, you might both get into the law school, but who's going to get that full tuition scholarship? Who's going to get a full ride? It's going to be the one who stands out to the admissions office and the dean. So guys, those are my main tips. There is a blog post on my website that talks about what we talked about today in a little more detail. The last thing I want to leave you guys with is don't be afraid to apply to a handful of law schools, even if you think there is no way that they will let you in. I know this can be really expensive. So if this is impossible for you to do that because of that, I totally understand. But if you were able to shoot your shot, I while my outcome was favorable, I wish I shot my shot more. I mean, who knows what could have happened and who knows what could happen for you too. They talk about your reach schools. I mean, says who? Apply. See if your personal statement resonates with them. See if your application stands out to someone in the admissions office. You will never know unless you try. You will never know the extent of how much all of your hard work is going to pay off in the end if you don't try. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and found it super helpful. And if you wouldn't mind, please follow, rate, and review the show because it'll help me reach and hopefully help more people on their law school and legal journey. Okay, until next time, keep breathing and keep briefing. Bye, guys.